everyone to the Wisdom of the Warrior podcast. I am joined by Kevin Ross, pro Muay Thai fighter, who's been making a name for himself in the Muay Thai world. Kevin, glad to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Cool. So we uh, last time we, we were just talking before we got on the podcast, it's been almost a decade since we met each other. It was in um, Master Toddy's gym in Vegas. That's been, been a long time, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was way back. <laughs> way back in the day. Um, so tell everyone a little bit about about yourself. How did you how did you get into Muay Thai in the first place? Um, well, I always wanted to fight since I was a little kid. Well, I always I always thought about it. I always loved boxing a lot. Um, you know, I love martial arts movies, love Bruce Lee, that, that whole thing. Um, but I never really saw any kind of martial arts type fighting that had real fights like boxing fights. You know. Um, there's, you know, point sparring tournaments, things like that, but th- there was never anything that I viewed as the same kind of fighting boxers would do, you know, that they're just, it wasn't out there at the time, you know, this is way before YouTube or anything like that, so um, you'd never really see anything, and then one day back in, I think it was 94, um, I was watching ESPN, and there was a Thai boxing fight on there, you know, they used to show them way back in the day, like usually real late at night, uh, and the first time I saw Muay Thai, I knew right away that that's what was for me, man. I, I, I knew it. Um, but at the time, you know, I, I didn't really take it too seriously about really wanting to do it. You know, it was just something that was kind of in my in the back of my mind. He thought it'd be cool to do one day. And, you know, I, I just I just put it off like, like everything else. And um, over the years, it would pop up in my head like, that'd be cool to do, that'd be cool to do. But I, I never really got around to it. And especially uh, later in my teen years and everything, I was too busy partying and doing all, all the stuff you shouldn't do uh, <laughs> when, when it comes to that. And uh, I actually went down to Toddy's in, I want to say it was like 98, 99, just to talk to him. I talked to Master Chan uh, about doing uh, personal lessons with him. And, um, you know, because for me, I knew if I was going to do it – I wanted to do it all the way. I wanted to get as good as I could, as quickly as I could. I didn't want to do the classes. I didn't want to get stuck in that kind of routine. I wanted to do, you know, one-on-one lessons with the instructor so I could get the most out of everything. And, um, you know, I, obviously it's expensive, so I couldn't afford it. And, you know, at, at the time I was 19, and uh, I already, I, even at that point, I thought I was too old to kind of start, you know. You know, I look at most fighters, they're starting when they're super young, you know, like 10, 8, 12, right. stuff like that. So it still wasn't that serious of a thing in my mind because I just didn't know if I could do it and had, had a lot of doubts about it. And then when I found out how expensive it was going to be, um, that was a huge thing. On top of the fact that I knew if I was going to do this, I'd have to – um, really give up everything I was doing, you know, I'd stop partying, stop hanging out with the people I was hanging out with, figured I'd lose all my friends, um, I figured, one, everyone would just laugh about it, I mean, I, I didn't know how serious I was about it, so I couldn't imagine what somebody else would think about it, and if you knew me back then, you would have thought it was the craziest thing on earth, you know, like, so I wasn't, uh, I wasn't even 100% on it, so again, I kind of just put it in the back of my mind it was like it, one of those things like maybe I'll get around to it one day um 
Um, but then uh, I only ever told one person about this dream I had of being a fighter, my, one of my best friends, Mo. And back in 99, he actually died. He was... Well, he was born with a bad heart, a heart defect, and he had been waiting uh, to get uh, a transplant done um, forever, you know. But but it got to the point when it was started getting really bad, and he actually ended up passing away. Um, and, and when he died, I, I promised myself that I would finally go after that dream I had of, of becoming a fighter. But unfortunately, that kind of set me down an even down more downward spiral than I was already in into drinking and. Um, doing that, you know, I was a full-fledged alcoholic by the time I was like 17. So, um, oh, it, it got, it got really bad. It got really bad for, for a lot of years. A lot of my friends were dying or <laughs> ending up in jail and things were getting really bad. And I was starting to go down that, that road too. I mean, I was already on that road with them, but you know, I knew it was only a matter of time before something was going to happen to me. Um, and I don't know, one day I just kind of woke up, realized that, if my friend was still alive, he, he he wouldn't be too happy with me. You know, he'd probably beat the crap out of me seeing what I was doing with my life. You know, when he died, I promised myself that, like, I was going to live for both of us. You know, like, he didn't get a chance to. He died when he was 18. Um, I was going to, you know, live for both of us and, and give it all I had. And it, all I had been doing for the last four years was drinking and wasting my life. So, um one day I just dumped out the 40 I was drinking, and two days later I was uh, at Toddy's and been doing that ever since. Wow. And this seems to be a very a common start for some of the most successful people that I know, that they, they kind of had to hit rock bottom before they decided to step back up. Was there, like, any particular thing that happened that just told you enough was enough? Uh, you know, it was really a series of a lot of things. Um, as I said, like some, a couple of my friends got killed, a couple of them like almost killed other people and like accidents and, you know, like, like there was this few months span when just like every other week something awful was happening, you know, and that, that was really a wake up call for me on a lot of those things. Um, and, and then one day, you know, while I was sitting there, me and my dad were talking, we used to hang out and we used to party together too. And like, we were just kicking at the house and stuff, you know, and he kind of asked me, uh, what I really wanted to do with my life. You know, he was like, I'm, I'm sure this isn't it, you know, like, what do you really want to do? And, you know, like I said, I'd never told anybody about this other than Mo. And, um, you know, I kind of just broke it down to him, told him what I wanted to do. And he, he was like, well, I don't understand why haven't you ever done it? You know, I told him all the fears I had, you know, the whole financial issue and all that stuff. And, you know, he kind of told me, he's like, I can't help you with like uh, the, your doubts and stuff. But if he told me if I promised to give up drinking that he would, um, basically pay for, pay for it for me. Um, and, and that's how I kind of started. Wow. And so did you, did you go amateur for a while before going professional or? Is, oh like, yeah. Yeah. I, um, I think I was, I don't know, amateur for like four years. I mean, I I actually kind of got forced into being pro. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really mean to. I mean, I was it was I was at that point where I couldn't get any fights anyway, and you know, it was it, it just I had to anyhow. But I ended up taking a uh, a professional boxing fight it was actually my first pro fight, and. Um, because as I said, I, I couldn't get any fights anymore, and I was just I was searching for anything, you know, like boxing fights, MMA fights. I just wanted to stay busy. 
So I took a professional boxing fight on like I think it was like a week's notice or something. I'd never boxed before. Um, you know, and this was in Utah. I went up there and fought. I don't know if I just didn't know or didn't realize the whole you can't go pro and still be amateur as a Muay Thai fighter thing. Right. But um, my next fight, uh, somebody called the commission on me and was like, yeah, he had a pro boxing fight in Utah, and that was the end of my amateur career. Wow. <laughs> but like I said, it was time for me to go pro anyhow, so it wasn't that big a deal. Um, it was just kind of not exactly on purpose. <laughs> not exactly planned, right? Yeah. How many fights did you have up until that point? Uh, I think like close to 20, like 18, 19, something like that. Okay. That's kind of a big debate in the United States. Like, you know, when do you go pro in, in Muay Thai? Like how many fights you need? And I tell, You know what I tell people? The only reason you should ever go pro is, one, if you just can't get fights. You're like, it's impossible. You know, nobody will fight you or, or, you know, whatever the case may be. Or two, you're just going around wrecking people and, like, dropping them in the first round every single time, which probably isn't happening. Because <laughs> what, what most people don't understand is, you know, one, once you go pro, you can't go back. There's so much there you have to learn in the ring, and you can only learn it in the ring. And that's the whole point of being an amateur and staying an amateur as long as you can. Like, you get as much experience as you can. The problem now is, like, people are in such a rush to go pro, and they're not thinking about the big picture. They're not thinking about how long are they going to be able to stay there. Are they going to be able to, you know, do well there and grow there? But you you already have to have so much experience, or you should already have so much experience before that even happens. I mean, look at professional boxers, man. Like, hundreds hundreds of amateur fights. Like, crazy stuff, man. Like nowadays people just want to rush into it. I mean, you look at guys uh, fighting for the world title in the UFC, they got like six fights ever. Yeah. But that's also why they don't stay there very long. You know, you don't see people at the top very long like you used to 10 years ago, you know, because people just don't want to put the time in. So, you know, it, 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 it seems nowadays it's because it's bigger. People view it as like, that's where I need to get to. Like, this is the big show. You know, I want to get on these cards. But when I was coming up, there was no big show. There was nowhere to go. You know, it wasn't like, I'm going to get to this point and I'm going to turn pro. It's like, no, I'm going to fight all the time, everybody. uh, Because there was no, like, end point. You know what I'm saying? There was nothing to look at as to uh, why you wanted to do it. And and to me, that's actually what made it better because, you know, you knew people were doing this for the right reasons. Nobody would do Muay Thai unless they loved it. There was zero reason to do it (laughs) other than that. Like you never, if you saw somebody in a fight, you knew exactly what they were there for, what their intention was. Uh, You knew that Muay Thai was their passion um, and there was never a doubt about it. Now it's, it's, it gets a little muddled, you know, it's like the bigger things get, uh, the more you kind of deal with those kinds of things. But that's, that's in everything, you know, that's just the way it is. Yeah, there is a little bit of that um, celebrity status that people are starting to seek now with the inception of mixed martial arts, and now even Muay Thai is becoming a little bit more mainstream. So yeah, yeah, there's that uh, being the celebrity athlete. It seems to be a primary goal next to wanting to be able to prove themselves in some type of like physical endeavor. Yeah, and I I, I try to tell people I'm like I know it seems really great (laughs) on the outside (laughs) looking in, but 
you're going to wish you had uh, taken your time to get here because it's not all it's cracked up to be. One, you definitely ain't making no money, so I don't know why you're in a rush to, to go pro. You're probably going to fight way more as an amateur. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, I wish I was amateur sometimes so I could fight all the time. You know what I mean? It's like now it's uh, you, you still barely any money in it. That should never be a factor or a reason for you to do this anyway. Um, but now it's like you're fighting less. You're not getting paid, <laughs> you know. You're getting exposure and everything, but but you know, at the end of the day, it's like I want to fight. I want to fight all the time, and I can't. Yeah. And you're um, you've been fighting quite a few high names in in the community. People who are you know Thailand champions and European champions. Do you? What is it in the United States that is allowing us to be able to uh, keep up and catch up with? these guys who are who have a little bit more of a deep-seated um tradition in the sport than we do um well when you say us there's probably only <laughs> uh, like two of you five total but uh I, it, it's a it's a lot of things um it's the people that have been able to um, are the ones that were willing one to sacrifice everything to give it everything to to know they were going in there as the underdog. And, um, you know, it's it's that kind of thing where it's like somebody has to take that first leap off the cliff before you see that you can do it, you know. And um, I happen to be one of those people to do it. And now, now it, it's becoming a little more easier for other people because they know it can be done. As I said, when I was coming up, there just wasn't anything or anyone to to look at to be like I'm gonna I'm gonna be just like that guy you know, especially when there what this was before YouTube and stuff where you couldn't just like go, like hey you should go look up this fighter go all right and then you just go to your computer and check them out you know that wasn't the case so there were it was there was very few people to look up to in the sport or look at and say hey that guy did it I can do it too you know now it's way easier. You know, that people have uh, um, athletes to look up to, especially in this country. You know, there's people that have done it. So now kids coming up or people in the sport, you know, no matter how, how you know, how much the odds are stacked against them, they know it can be done. You know, and I, I think, uh, um, you know, it obviously would have been a little easier if someone had ahead of me had. I mean, there was definitely people ahead of me uh, without question, but um the more people that do it, the e- easier it becomes for others to realize they can do it too. Yeah. It's like the, uh, you, you heard the story of the guy who, the first guy to break the four minute mile. Yeah. Roger Bannister. Yeah. yeah. It was like an, up until he did it, the entire world thought it was physiologically impossible to do it. And then as soon right. as he did it, the record was broken uh, several times in the course of a, of a year. So yeah. And now you have to do that just to get qualified. <laughs> yeah. 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 Exactly. Uh-huh. So it's interesting. So people are starting to see guys like you and go, okay, it's possible, which means then there is a path if we put in the sacrifice. But not a, not a whole lot of Americans are willing to do that sacrifice, are they? No. And again, it, you know, it's still, even though it is getting bigger, like you really have to be in this sport for the right reasons or you, you're never going to, you're never going to reach any kind of high level, you know. Um, it's just a matter of what you're willing to put in to get there, and, and most people aren't willing to put in the work. And it's not a, it's never been a question of can people do it. You know, people ask me all the time, do I have what it takes 
to be a fighter. I'm like, I don't know, do you? <laughs> you know, it's not, it's not, it's never a question of natural ability or skill because everybody's going to have, you know, good and bad points and things they got to overcome. It's like, do you want to, are you willing to put in the work to overcome whatever you have to overcome? Because I don't care how good somebody is, there's something they got to overcome and deal with, you know, and most people looking from the outside, they never see that. You know, you don't see the struggles everybody goes through, particularly when you're looking at people at the top, you know, you think, they're just there because they were gifted or they had the right opportunities. Like you don't even want to hear their story about how they got there. It's, it's brutal. I don't, you know, if you see somebody at the top, you can be guaranteed they went through more than you could ever imagine. Yeah. And maybe that's what more and more people need to hear is the, the struggle that some of the higher people have had so that they understand that is the common path to any type of success. Oh, I completely agree, man. You know, that's why I think I try to get my story out there and talk to as many people as I can, you know, because I'll, ha- I'll hear people, you know, say to me, oh, like I- I'm starting or like I love when people tell me they're, they're too old to start and they're like five years younger than I was when I started. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear it. You know, I don't people just like to make excuses because uh, they don't want to put the work in because for every excuse you could have, there's somebody that's had it and, and overcame it. So. That's just something you can tell yourself to, so you don't have to uh, try. Yeah, and I'm, I've noticed in in more recently that there's been kind of a focus in the the character development side of your your marketing, like looking at your memes and looking at a lot of your your posts. You seem to be um, very active in in speaking about like that side of it. Was there something or someone that influenced that, or is that just something that you've you've always kind of believed in? Uh, it's definitely something I've always believed in. Um, I think I try to put it out there a little more now, um, kind of along those same lines of seeing seeing the sport grow, but also seeing the negative aspects of that, and seeing how you know a lot of people just like they don't want to pay their dues, they don't want to they don't want to have the right attitude about it, and you know, they make a lot of assumptions uh, about things. And, you know, as much as I want to see the sport grow, I want to see it grow in the right way. Mm. And that's something you got always got to be very careful with because it's easy to kind of let something go and view it as, well, it's getting more popular. So maybe, so it's obviously getting better, but that's one rarely the case. (laughs) So uh, as I said, as much as I love seeing the sport grow and seeing everyone get more and more opportunities the the last thing i want to see is it get kind of watered down and um you know turned into something it, it never was you know i don't even want to be part of it if if that's the case right. muay thai is an interesting thing because it's it's this in the united states it's this part martial art and then it's part combat sport yeah and um you know it's not like karate where people are you know getting belts and well in some in some situations it is but um it's 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 a sport where it's being tested and the end result is you know if you're winning you're a champion if not then you're trying to be a champion and then on the other aspect of it you can address the character development side of it do you look at it as more of a sport or a martial art or is it some weird mixture of both uh, it's definitely a mixture of it. I mean, as much as it is uh, a fighting sport, um, regardless of why you do it, those those same um, principles and kind of character um, things um, should be 
uh, developed in people. You know, it, it should never be solely for one reason or other. And and I think that's what's what I love about Muay Thai is is the everything that goes into it, the heart of it, the history of it. You know, the 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 respect in it, and um, you know, regardless of why you're doing this. Um, that's just a that's a personal preference, really. It it, it can be for a, a numerous reasons, um, but the, those 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 principles should always be um, drilled into people, regardless of, of what their end end goal is. Yeah, and I, and I know I know there's a lot of camps out there, for example, that address it more more as a sport and less of like a martial arts. But if you think about it, even even in sports. There, there are some, there are some people in sports who look at sports as like a, um, an avenue for character development as well, and then other people just don't really care about it. It's just all about, about the win. So it's not necessarily a negative to say that it's a sport. I'm just always intrigued in how people at the high end look at it. Yeah, I mean, again, I think it's it's extremely difficult, particularly if you ever want to get to a high level in this sport or any sport for that matter to not. Um, kind of get those uh, things with along with it, you know, that character development. Because you can't really make it if you don't have those those principles. You, know, you there's people that do, but it's rare, you know. It's and I think that's why people that have achieved a lot in these sports um, kind of try to teach that, you know, once they start teaching others is you'll see it a lot more in people that have got to a higher level than you will on, on others that never did achieve that, you know, because, because they didn't get there unless they had those, um, kind of principles in them or, or, or learn them along the way. So they're very, uh, adamant about, you know, passing that down, uh, in the beginning, you know? Right. So I guess that, in in the beginning, you could kind of get away with not having it for a short period of time, but then the longevity of it. Yeah, yeah, no, for for sure. I mean, all those those people that that can't learn those things are very quickly, for the most part, kind of weeded out. Mm. You know, uh, there's plenty of people that come into the gyms for the wrong reason, um, and either they're going to learn the right reasons and then learn kind of that their their approach to it was all wrong, or they're they're never going to make it and they're they're going to end up leaving. I mean, that's kind of just the way it works. You know, you can't you can't. It's very difficult to stay in this. I mean, particularly if you're at a, a decent, relatively decent gym where people are teaching you properly and and those kinds of things, and they have the right attitude, it's it's very difficult to be that way and and make it because you know no one nobody's going to want you around because all the all the instructors, all the high level students, they're not going to be that way, you know. So it's either it's either learn and adapt or or quit. Right. So you've been inspiring a lot of people who. Who inspires you right now, currently in your life? Uh, you know, everyone, everyone I, I'm, I train alongside of and everyone I, I see, you know, it could be anyone from a student to a fighter. I mean, I, I wouldn't say there's one specific person or even a, a handful of specific people I look at. I, I mean, I take inspiration from, from everybody. You know, as I said, like in the beginning, I never really had a specific 
person to look up to and be like, I want to be like that. Um, I want to be that guy. Or I, I would say maybe maybe not an actively uh, active fighter at the time that was still going on. And again, a lot of that had to do with the fact that it wasn't big and it was it was hard to like find videos and and that kind of thing. So. Um, you know, it's not like I had a poster of a guy on my wall or something. Like I'm gonna be like this guy is 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 very difficult, and that and that has been something that's been very difficult for me over the years. Somebody asked me this the other day at a seminar I was doing. Is like, you know, they were like, is, has it been difficult not having someone to kind of look up to? Like he's like a lot of people look up to me, and and you know, I try to be there for them, talk to people, and put a lot of stuff out there. But I never really had that, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, but I but I took what I could from the people I could. I take I take inspiration from everybody, from little kids, from um, students, fighters, trainers. You know, I I just get what I can from from everybody, and and it doesn't even have to be anyone that's even involved in the sport. Just just watching people kind of overcome their struggles and 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 those kinds of things. Those can be applied across all all aspects of life, not just fighting. Mm. Yeah, there's um. I think it it every person's life throughout their um their progression is becoming a, a man or a woman that they uh they emulate from other people they they get inspired by other people and then ultimately they have to kind of step into their own role as their own master and in that role you start to kind of pick and choose from various people to come into your life okay I like this thing this is going to affect me I'm going to add this into my life no I don't like that thing I'm going to um leave that over there but not necessarily have like one specific person that you can say, okay, this is my master or mentor right. or whatever. Yeah. So, so tell me about um, your your transition to. You've been with CSA for quite a while now. Yeah, I, it's definitely been over three years, probably like three and a half years now. I think. Wow. What brought on that transition? Because you were you were in Vegas for a while. Yeah, I was in Vegas for eighteen years. I mean. I, uh, I mean, I started training in 2003, so I'd, I'd, uh, I'd been there for, um, almost 10 years, I think, before I even started. Um, but I hadn't had a, uh, well, I hadn't had a coach since Toddy, and uh, we stopped training together in 2009. Um, you know, I had, I had a trainer, I had a pad holder, but I hadn't had a coach since him. You know, I never had anybody looking out for me, everything I was doing on my own, finding fights, promoting myself, all those kinds of things, all that stuff, I really had to do myself um, over the years, which is, you know, pretty crazy when I look back on it and and think about, you know, all the high-level fights I had in that time when I didn't even have a a trainer, really. Um, But uh, I've known Kieran since way back, you know, probably around the same time I met you. You know, he, he used to come out to... Toddy's back in the day and then get some training in out there and so I've known him over the years and been around him and uh from time to time he would kind of help uh find me fights and you know if opportunities came up he'd hit me up and he started bringing me out here to spar with uh Nick and Nate Diaz and Jake Shields and them whenever they were having fights with uh stand-up guys they would bring me out to to help them um and that's how I originally started coming up here um years and years ago I don't I don't remember when the first time was but um that was going on you know every few months I'd be up here helping them out and then sometimes he would bring me out to help some of his fighters out like Gaston uh um or come out and I'd teach like a, a class or a seminar and 
you know, over the years, I just started making more and more excuses to come out here because I loved it. And he was always dropping hints to, you know, how much they'd love to have me out here. Kevin? Move. (laughs) This would be a great place. Uh, And, you know, I never really thought about it because for me, I mean, one, I never really liked Vegas. I hated it, but that's where I trained and... Even though there was, there's other good gyms in the country. There was never one that was good enough to make me leave there. You know, there was. I was never gonna move out of Vegas while I was still fight, actively fighting. You know, that, I was. That was just where I was. So I never really thought about it more than that. Like, what am I, Where? Where can I go? Because I didn't think there was anywhere to go. Um, but when I started coming up here, you know, it, I started really thinking about it more and more. And um, one day, I just like, you know what? I'm gonna see what it's like to live up here you know like like almost like a mock move so i came out here for like a week um to to get i was starting to get ready for a fight so i was like i'm gonna you know live out here train out here um he even had me teach some classes so i could get a really good feel of what it'd be like um you know and immediately i was i already was convinced like this is where i'm gonna come and um you know, as soon as soon as this fight's over, I'm gonna come back and and move up here. But actually, while I was up here, the first day we trained um, is when I blew my knee out, and uh, oh, you know <laughs> that was not fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, never is. So uh, it actually, well, it actually sped up the process of coming up here because I, I ended, I didn't end up fighting, but then I still had to wait to get surgery, and um, you know, but I'll, I got all that handled and got up here and. That's that's how I got up here to begin with, and I love it here, man. I would never want to be anywhere else. Oh, yeah. where, where is that gym now? It is. Uh, we're just east of San Francisco, um, northeast of Oakland. Like we're like 25 minutes from Oakland, so Bay Area. Okay. Yeah, I, I there's that gym has just kind of exploded in the the last yeah. couple of years. What do you what do you attribute that to? Uh, I attribute all of that to Kieran. I mean, he's amazing. He's an amazing coach. Um, he's, he's just amazing at everything he does. You know, he promotes the gym really well. He's, he has his hands in like every aspect of the gym. And, and that's, that's, it's one of the few gyms I've seen that's been able to grow and still keep that same feel it had when it was small, you know, that, that family feel, you know, everybody at that gym knows, um, they're being looked after, you know, he definitely makes everyone feel like they're the most important person there, regardless of whether they're the uh, high-level world champion fighter or somebody that, that just started. And uh, I, I literally don't know how he does it and has the energy to do it, not to mention train all the fighters, uh, you know, find them fights, you know, you know, be their manager. And like, it's just crazy. I don't know how he does it, but it's all to him. All goes to him. And, you know, through that, he attracts, you know, the, the like-minded people, so so you have this group of people that that is all very similar and, and you know all looking out for each other. So you know that one person kind of brings all those other people together, and you got that same feel throughout the entire gym uh, with everyone there. Wow! And in that gym, are there um, it, is it predominantly a fighter gym, or are there regular people that come in that that train as well? Oh yeah, I mean it's definitely more regular people in there. There's fighters, um, but it's it's very much uh, like like the fighters are in there training with the everyday people. You know, the fight, a lot most of the fighters take the classes. They 
you know, do all the, you know, strength and conditioning stuff within the classes and stuff. Like me personally, I, I do mostly my one-on-one stuff with the trainer and I, I don't jump into a lot of the classes. I mean, I, I still teach and stuff too. So, um, the times when the other fighters are in there taking classes, I'm the one actually teaching. So, um, but it really, it really allows people who aren't doing this to fight still be surrounded by those people that are. And I, I think it, it brings a, a really great energy into the gym. You know, it motivates people, um, you know, even if they're there to lose weight, they're still like around this uh, other aspect of it, and I think I think it's great for everybody, and I think that that brings us all kind of together because we're not we're not separate. You know, everyone's everyone's in there together. There isn't like separate training if you're a fighter, separate training if you're just in there for for a different reason. You know, we're all we're all part of it together and doing it together. Yeah, that's um, that's kind of an element that we 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 strive for. I, I work with a bunch of different gyms, kind of helping them set up their Muay Thai program and the one that I'm working with here in Norfolk that's a that's a huge factor that the the fighters actually do train in with the regular students of course they get extra training because they have to they're training at a different level but it's important for everyone to feel like they're a part of part of this community so that's great man um so what are some things that you're afraid of (laughs) uh nothing (laughs) Good answer for a fighter. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, no, I don't. I don't really know. Um, I've actually, I've always been odd when it comes to fighting because I'm, I'm on the opposite end of of most fighters, which actually surprised me because I thought I was pretty normal for years and years until I realized that most fighters are, are really, really scared before fights. Like, like not scared, but you know that 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 fear that doubt all those things you know a lot of them especially even high level ones you'd never think of or really you know some of them almost completely shut down and it it like baffled me i was like wait <laughs> and then, you know i realized i was the weird one because like most of the time i have to kind of tell myself to get going like all right man like it's time to we're gonna fight someone's gonna try to hurt you you better like you know get yourself moving and, and get your adrenaline going and and stuff but uh you know that's something I've realized over the years is everybody everybody deals with it differently, and um, I always tell people it's better to be too too nervous than too calm, um, because at least when you're nervous, it's like your adrenaline's going. Like that's what keeps you safe, man. That's what that's what keeps you sharp. It might not feel very good, um, right. but when you're in there, you're going to be a lot safer than the person that's overly calm. It, and, and what it really is about is not letting the, those things affect you. It's like taking that using that um regardless of of what side of that equation you're on it's it's finding a way to use that um to your advantage in there and not not let it control you um and again that's something i've had to uh deal with on the flip side but it's just as bad i think uh to be too calm as it is to be too nervous like like you you you're about to do something very very dangerous you you should be uh, you know amped up and ready to go and then have some nerves about it and you know realize that you can get really really hurt in there if not killed you know and um, that's something I've learned a, a lot over the years and something I've had to deal with but everybody everybody deals with it. I don't care who you are are there any things outside of fighting that you like when I say like when I when I talk about fear like everyone has when they leave this planet they want to you know, know that they made a difference and, and whatnot. Is there 
Is there any fears outside of ring fighting that you have or any concerns that you have outside of ring fighting that you want to be able to address? Um, I, I guess I guess the biggest thing for me is, is like you said, just knowing knowing that I, I gave everything I could and everything I had. You know, I feel that, you know, a, a big chunk of my life I, I wasted a lot of and, um, you know, was, was going down the wrong road and doing the wrong things. And I think that's something that's, Motiv- motivated me so much when I started fighting is I knew how much time I had wasted. I knew what a late start I was getting, um, and that's why I, I've been so so like gung ho about like going as hard as I can all the time, like giving everything I can, never holding back, never giving up. A lot of those factors, um, a lot of those things I, I naturally have in me, but but the fact that I did start so late is, is a, definitely a motivator for me. And that's in everything, you know, everything I do, um, I really, I, I just try to do the, do as much as I can. And, and to me, it's never, it's never good enough. Like I'm, I'm definitely my own worst critic. I hate every fight I've ever had because I can't view it and not see what I could have done better, you know? So I guess my fear would always be, Hold, holding back, you know, not giving all of myself. It's it's never been about winning or losing to me. It's it's I I need to be able to view the things I've done and and know that that's the best I could have possibly done. Um, there was nothing more I could have. You know, there's always factors that are going to come into it and things that are out of your control. You know, especially in fighting or in life in general. You know, stuff's going to happen. But um, if I can look back and say well, I really could have done this better or not even better because you can always do better, but I could have given more. I know that I was kind of taking it easy right there. That's the kind of stuff that I just can't live with, you know, and that's why I always um, give everything I have and that's why I fight the way I do and um, train the way I do because at some point this is going to be done and and I want to be able to look back and be satisfied and be proud of the things I've done. So... What's uh, what's next for you? So short term, there's there's your fight career. You have your seminars. What uh, what are some upcoming things for you? You mean long term? <laughs> well, start start short term. What do you have coming up? Like, do you have any fights? Yeah, coming up uh, soon, well, I don't have anything uh, set right now as far as fighting. I definitely uh, plan on fighting again by the end of the year. I'm I'm just starting to see what's out there, you know, and. You know, hopefully try to get something in November, depending on what shows are going on and um, all that kind of stuff. You know, I let myself take a little break. Uh, uh, well, break off of getting hit. Just that's uh, <laughs> the last fight. I mean, I was training two days later, but um, you know, I took about a month off of sparring and and those kinds of things just to make sure my brain was functioning correctly before I started getting hit again. So, uh, but I feel good, I man. I feel great, and I I want to start. Find, seeing what's out there, try to get a fight lined up. Um, as always, I'm, I'm going to fight as much as I can and fight the best people I can. Uh, seminars is kind of something I've been able to do since I've had a little bit of a break. That's why I've been doing so many lately. You know, once I get back into fight training, then, you know, it's it's difficult to do those kinds of things. But that's something I'm always going to do, uh, whether I'm in still fighting or, or, or retired, uh, the teaching aspect of it. I'm always going to be involved in it. Um so that's kind of what's going on now. Yeah. What? So what about like long term? You? Uh, how old are you now? Uh, I turned thirty-five uh, in July. Okay. All right. So, yeah. do you have a like a long-term plan as far as 
out after fighting? <laughs> well, any fighter I, ever? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was going to be dead like 15 years ago, so I, this is all extra to me. So I, <laughs> I don't always think about long term like that, but uh, you know, I'm like I said, I'm always going to teach. Um, I'm always going to be involved in the sport. I definitely don't ever plan on owning a gym. I don't really ever want to be involved in that aspect of it. Um, yeah, I would, I would 100% run a program for sure. And, uh, you know, that's something I'm looking to do one day, um, you know, where that might be and all that kind of stuff. Who knows? It's just a matter of what's going on at the time. But, uh, you know, um, you know, I I do all my art stuff too. That's something I I just kind of can can't do much of, you know, while I'm fighting. It's, sure. it takes so much time. It takes so much energy and focus to do those kinds of things. Uh, um, that's something I will pick up a lot more once I, I do stop fighting is, um, my artistic side. And, you know, I try to stay as busy with it as possible, but I'm not able to do hardly anything while, while fights are going on. So, um, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm always going to be someone that does a lot of, a lot of different things. I, I don't, I don't think I could ever have a job. <laughs> I've I've never really had a job or a real something I could look at and be like, this is my job. Like fighting is my job, I guess, but it's what I love to do. So um, I think I'm uh, always going to have my hands in multiple things. I, I always feel like uh, Forrest Gump, you know, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to go from one thing to the next and always have a little bit going on here and there. Yeah, I think that's why we get along, sir. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the most unemployable 40 year old on the planet. Yeah, I can't. I just can't have people tell me what to do. Even in the ring, like that's something Kieran and I had to kind of figure out what I always knew. But I was like, you cannot tell me don't do something because I'm gonna do it. Like that, <laughs> that makes me want to do it so much worse because I'm like, I'm gonna show you I can do it. Like, don't tell me I can't do it. I'm gonna do it. So like, you have to be very uh, careful and selective with what you say to me. Like, like. Okay, you can do it, but but if you're gonna, here's a better way to kind of go about it. Be a little safer with what you're gonna do. So we we've kind of had to learn that about each other over the years, but we had to get that communication now. That's awesome. Phrase it as a suggestion. Yeah, you guys suggest stuff to me. Don't tell me anything. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. I didn't know you were you were an artist, man. What what's your what's yeah. your medium? Really everything. I mean, I uh, I have my degree in computer animation, although I haven't. Uh, done a lot of it i did a little bit after school i was doing some side work while i was training and uh, i was actually doing like accident reconstruction videos and stuff but um i really i paint a lot of acrylics but i do you know oils airbrush spray paint uh, pen uh pencil like a little bit of everything man i i, I do a lot oh okay it's uh seems to be a, a common place for some of the best warriors on the planet to have an artistic side yeah, I've noticed that myself too. You know, uh, I, I see a lot of fighters who are, are artists, and well, I mean, fighting is an art. You know, you have to be an artist to be a fighter. I think, uh, in, even if that's your only uh, form of expressing it, but uh, but a lot of um, fighters I see are, are also uh, graphic designers and, and things like that as well. What What is it about that you think? What is the correlation between the two? I don't know, man. It's <laughs> like when I was in school, like the people. You know, artists like those aren't really people I like could communicate with or had a lot in common with. You know, I was it was very odd for me. Um, 
being there because I didn't really have a lot in common with them. I was, I was very, very different in that aspect of it. Um, um, I don't know. I, I honestly couldn't even tell you what it is. I think it's that, uh, you know, I think to be a fighter, you have that need to express yourself and you have to, you want to express yourself for people to see, you know, you're, you're very much out there like naked in front of everybody. Like you can't hide who you are in the ring. Like it's impossible. Like you can, you can talk all you want outside. You can say all these things, but when you're up in there, you, it, the truth is going to come out, you know? So I'm like, if you're, this uh you know boisterous person talking all this noise like you know that that's gonna show in there like if you're really a coward you're gonna be exposed so much worse you know like everything you are is amplified i think when you fight because you can't you can't you can't hide it and you're you're in a very um stressful almost life and death situation you know there's no room for for fakeness so whatever you are will be exposed and again i think it's fighting is a, a form of expression um, it is an art. Um, it might not be like pen and ink or anything like that, but, but I think those same kind of traits come out, um, with, you know, artists. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. Well, we always end up the, in the podcast with a question and the question is, um, the whole point of the podcast is trying to discover what does it mean to have a warrior spirit in the uh-huh. modern day world and how it applies in the modern day world. So if you were to leave three pieces of advice for anyone on how they can embrace that, how would you, what would those three pieces of advice be? I guess, uh, I mean, the the biggest thing I think is, is figuring out what you want to do. Um, whatever that is, you know, what, what are you passionate about? You know, that is the thing you should go after. You know, you should never, I don't think you should ever be motivated solely by uh, money, power, uh, position, those kinds of things. Because, you know, when it comes down to it, we're all going to fail. We're all going to have struggles, um, whatever we're tr- uh, attempting to achieve. And, and if you're only, you only have that one reason, you're never going to make it, man. Like, you have to be passionate about what you're doing if you ever have hopes of, making it to a high level because uh when, when you have to go through all those struggles it, it's very difficult to stay the course unless you have that reason as to why it is you're doing it you know so i would tell people find out what you're passionate about go after it and never give up and, and that doesn't doesn't matter how many times you fail doesn't matter how many people tell you you can't do it because the only person that needs to believe in you is you you know Sure. It helps when other people do, for sure. But um, when it comes down to it, you are the only one that needs to believe in yourself. And you know, again, that's why when people ask me, "Can I do this?" the 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 answer is in you. Like, you tell me, can you do this? And unfortunately, a lot of times when people ask, I tell them, "Yeah, you probably can't." Uh, <laughs> one, you wouldn't be asking me that. Two. My answer wouldn't matter. If this is something you could actually make it to, whatever I say should have no impact on whether you do this or not. Because if somebody can tell you, you you're not going to make it and you're going to quit, yeah, you ain't going to make it, man. You are not going to make it. Because there's going to be times when you don't feel like you can make it, regardless of how many people. You could have a million people around you telling you how great you are, but if you don't believe it, you're never going to do it. So 
that's the most important part is believing in yourself. So find what you want to do, believe within yourself, and you just have to never quit no matter how many times you fail. Keep going, keep going. Um, you know, and, and you could fail your entire life, but but you're at least you're in the doing what you love, what you're passionate about, and you're going in the right direction. Outstanding, man. Was that three? Or that, like- that, yeah, that was three. <laughs> that was definitely three. Um, there might have been actually five or six of them in there, but it was three main yeah. ones. But it was very, very important, very, very, very profound stuff. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for making out the time to, to be on the show. It's been truly an honor. It's been it's nice to see people that I've met years and years ago um, progressing, getting past yeah. their, their boundaries and, and making it. And everybody's super proud of you, man. Not that that matters because you're going to be successful anyway. As you uh, it matters. It helps, man. It's nice. It's nice to know that people appreciate and see what you do because, like I said, I mean, there's times when, you know, I doubt myself all the time, but but there's people that are there to kind of give me the support, you know, particularly after I blew my knee out. That was such a hard thing to overcome. And, you know, everyone that was there and telling me, you know, how much I inspired them and the things I do, um, you know, help change their life. That motivated me to get back to doing this because I, I realized that it's not just about me. It's not just what this is for me. It's about what it is for other people too. Right. And you're, you're definitely setting an example for a lot of people too. You know, a lot, a lot of people have, have doubts in themselves, but when they see someone like yourself going through adversity and coming through on the other side, they're like, yeah, if you can do it, then I can do it too. Yeah. For sure. Well, yeah, it's truly been an honor. Um, we'll go ahead and close up the show and, and just remind everyone to um, embrace the warrior within yourself. Uh, keep seeking for knowledge. Keep seeking to, to find that aspect of you that makes you you. And uh, thank you for having – thank you for being on the show, Kevin. It's been yeah, thank you. Great episode, and we will talk to you all soon. Take care.